from the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice. Welcome back to GNR Time. My name is Bagus Wichaksono and for this week's episode, I'm joined by two of my colleagues. Katama Sugirnong, hi Tam. Hey Gus. And I'm so glad to welcome back Alamanda Daud. Hi Ala. Hi all, hey Bagus. Alright, thank you so much for joining me this week. So as you will already notice from the title of this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the omnibus law. This is obviously something that we have been, in, I mean at the office at the very least, something that we have been discussing for the past Pre-COVID, this is basically something that's that was pre-COVID, uh, but the development has been slow, if I can say, and there's a reason. There must be a reason for that, right? And that's exactly what we're trying to figure out this week. Uh, and I mean, on the on a more important note, this is going to be the start, the the first episode of our upcoming series on the omnibus law. Uh, we're gonna be diving deeper into some of the most crucial and relevant sections of the draft of the omnibus law. But for this week, I want to just focus on the intro, on, on peeling some of the outer layers of the draft. So Ala, let's start with what is exactly the omnibus law. And could you please take us through the rationale and a little bit of a background as to why there is a necessity to introduce this. Right. So the omnibus law is officially called uh, the law on job creation or employment creation. Um, I don't think the term omnibus law uh, was previously commonly used in Indonesia, but uh, you can find it uh, more common in other countries such as the United States. Um, essentially, what an omnibus law is, is that it's a law that governs multiple different sectors or issues at once. Okay, okay. Uh, typically, it is a large piece of legislation um, because, you know, it governs multiple sectors. Mm-hmm. And, and within the context of the Indonesian law used right now, uh, this draft uh, law will actually amend or revoke multiple existing laws and regulations across various sectors. Um so to the best of our knowledge, the government is actually preparing more than one omnibus law. Um, one of it is obviously the one that we are discussing today, uh, which is, you know, the more famous one, <laughs> if yeah. you will, um, which is the law and job creation. Um, the other one that we know of is um, an omnibus law in the financial sector. And I think in the early, uh, the beginning of this year, there were um, news on uh, some other omnibus laws that the government was currently preparing. So back to the law and job creation, um, if you look at the name uh, and some of the more recent publications surrounding this draft law, I think the initial assumption would be that it relates only to employment law. But actually, if you look into the current draft, you'll find that it actually covers a number of issues uh, such as licensing or uh, investment, which is from our read is actually intended to uh, strengthen the economy and investment activities or bolster investment activities and in a larger sense then create or result in the creation of more jobs. Ah, interesting. Okay, okay. So I think that's the concept of the of this uh, current draft of the omnibus law. Right, thank you so much for that, Allah. Okay, so essentially this will act as an overarching regulatory umbrella 
if I can if, if I can put it that way. And 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 I noticed that you mentioned that this law on job creation, or yeah, more more famously known as the omnibus law, will in fact recalibrate not recalibrate i'm sorry but perhaps merge the various reg- existing regulations perhaps some of which are conflicting with each other uh, into one single document so let's talk about that what are tama what are the major areas or subjects that will be covered under the omnibus law and what are the changes that we should be expecting just before i explain sort of the different areas uh, in more detail that the omnibus law tries to address uh, perhaps it's good to look at what are the problems that ah sure sure um, the law attempts to address um, i think as as ala mentioned the one of the primary motives of passing this law is to improve investment climate. And through that, obviously improve growth um, of Indonesia's economy. Um, just looking at some of the issues uh, that is typically raised uh, for investors in Indonesia, uh, there's a few things. I think first, uh, one of the issues with Indonesia that is commonly cited is the difficulty of doing business. Um, so Indonesia, um, has a rank of 73 in terms of ease of doing business um, as uh, you know, prepared by the World Bank. Um, you know, despite uh, sort of the goal of the Jokowi uh, presidency to reach a rank of 40 uh, in the world uh, by this year, uh, Indonesia has fallen short of that. Um, so the issue again is with uh, a lot of it is with, you know, the speed of establishment uh, businesses and obviously licensing. And another issue that come, is commonly cited by investors is on labor. Um, Indonesian re- labor regulations um, is arguably quite labor friendly. Um, you know, for example, there's no basis to dismiss a worker for uh, poor performance, for example, and the steps to uh, dismiss a worker is quite uh, cumbersome and quite expensive in terms of the termination packages, at least from the perspective of uh, business players and investors. I think the third issue as well that is commonly decided is with land and issues of uh, procurement and gaining certainty to land title and getting the land in order to you know, operate a business. And the fourth and last issue that is commonly also cited is in terms of courts and enforcement of contracts, uh, you know, for example, Indonesia in the ease of doing business report uh, was given a score of 49.1 out of 100 in terms of enforcement of contracts. Um, so those are typically the common issues that uh, is cited by, by investors. Now, obviously, the last one, uh, courts, is um, a more difficult area to tackle for the government because that the courts um, exist independently uh, from the government. But I think the first three, uh, which is ease of doing business, labor and land, are some of the more um, you know, issues that are more easily uh, tackled by the government uh, and, and the parliament. So going through the, the regulations itself, um, there's actually the, the government classifies 11 clusters of areas which the laws address. Um, and there are 79 laws which the omnibus law will you know, amend and change. Right, 11 clusters and 79 laws. Should we 
perhaps go through all of these one by one? Rather than going through each and you know, one of those clusters and laws, I think it's useful to think of the omnibus law as addressing uh, those three areas, which is you know, first, as I mentioned, ease of doing business and investments. Oh, okay. So within this um, and going through the clusters that the government cited, um, this goes through uh, areas of simplification of license, investment requirements, a development of uh, small and medium and micro enterprises, addressing also ease of business, uh, research and innovation, and also uh, investments in government projects and economic zones. All right, that's already a lot to cover. The second bucket, which I've mentioned, is addressing uh, labor issues. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, uh, address a lot of the concerns and you know, a lot of the uh, criticisms, I guess, from investors and business actors uh, in relation to the current labor law. So that is the second area which uh, is addressed by the regulations. Right, that's two. And third um, bucket, I guess, is also land procurement. Um, and there's uh, new concepts that will be introduced there, such as land banks and opening of certain rights to foreign uh, parties. All right. So, so that's basically the snapshot of what the regulation addresses. Obviously, we won't be able to discuss every single point in this particular podcast, uh, but we will discuss in more detail in following episodes um, sort of different areas that the Omnibus Law tries uh, to address. Yeah, thank you for that, Tam. Uh, well, from from your explanation, uh, the three buckets and the various issues that surround the draft of the omnibus law and why it was introduced. It sounds like a big undertaking from the government uh, to me. And uh, considering that following the issuance of a new law, a various and by various, I mean a lot of new implementing regulation will also have to be introduced. So which got me to, I think for me personally, is one of the most important points with regards to this omnibus law. What's the status of it? Yeah, so it, it is probably important for us to know uh, so that we know when we can start uh, getting sl- uh, sleepless nights to draft a, to review this new draft law. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we all know that uh, generally the process to establish law is um, first, of course, the bill will, a bill will need to be drafted and proposed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's either by the government or the parliament itself. Uh, and usually the, uh, that bill will need to be in the prolegnas. The prolegnas, yeah. Uh, then the parliament will discuss. And once that is agreed, that the bill will then be submitted to the president for final enactment. This is, of course, an oversimplification. Uh, but in the discussions in the parliament stage, um, that will actually comprise two phases. Uh, stage one being the discussions um, within working committees, uh, but then legislacy and smaller groups, and stage two being the plenary discussion in the parliament of the bill. Ah, okay, okay. So based on our understanding, uh, the omnibus law is currently in phase one of the parliamentary stages, uh, where it is being discussed by various groups and stakeholders. Um, Obviously, after this will be the plenary discussion in the parliament and then uh, final finalization and enactment. Um, as I said, of course, this is an oversimplification. Among those three large steps uh, will be various discussions, harmonization processes, uh, and um, to some extent consultation with uh, several stakeholders uh, or relevant groups sponsored by the, the, the government. I think especially for this particular law, everyone will know the publication surrounding this law. So I think uh, that kind of lends itself to the process where it probably 
um, the, the nature uh, and the content of this law relates to so many stakeholders uh, that will need to be consulted. But essentially, the, that's like the larger uh, process of enacting a draft law. All right. Thank you so much, Ella. Now it's clearer about where we are in the process. Uh, but obviously, there is delay. Uh, aside from the whole admin process of it all, what are the known factors that played a role in delaying this? Um, just to explain, so the omnibus law was pushed you know, since last year in 2019. I think towards the end, around September, we've been hearing sort of the omnibus law you know, in light of the Nujokowi you know, winning the presidency last year. There was a push really to get uh, this law passed. And while you know, the gov- we've seen that obviously the government working really hard in getting this law drafted and getting all the various ministries in line to get this through. Um, however, as you know, we know, we know um, the global pandemic happened, which obviously delayed a lot of the discussions and the priorities of the government uh, obviously shifted, uh, rightfully so, to address this global pandemic right um, and in addition to that there has been pressures as well from various parties um, that have been critical towards the omnibus law uh, as being uh, too business friendly and not um, really considering other factors um, that, that would need to be considered you know for example labor unions have been quite critical uh, of the law you know, you know staged various demonstrations you know, NGOs you know, students as well have you know had their demonstrations as well against regulation. Um, so there has been pressure as well um, from those who are critical of the omnibus law. But I think more so um, the delay is, is, is in large part uh, you know, caused by uh, you know, this global pandemic. Um, there's been talk of getting this done um, and, and we'll see how uh, this omnibus law um, you know, uh, firstly, how it takes form uh, into the final form, and how uh, long you know the government uh, will will take in getting this through. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a, a fair analysis. Um, I mean, as we said, I think that the scope of the bill itself is already quite a challenge to begin with. Um, I mean, as we said, it is a large bill, and can you imagine? I mean, and probably as um, as associates at a law firm, we kind of know what it would look like. Like, imagine the process of identifying the existing laws and regulation that this law will affect uh, a law as large as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, I would imagine, a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> um, yep. So, I mean, just through the nature of this law, it is quite a challenge. Uh, but I agree with them. I think the news that we're getting now is that the government is pretty confident and optimistic that uh, it can be pushed uh, by the end of this year. Okay, oh, so um, that's news. So, yeah, we'll see uh, how that pans out. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would imagine it's the sheer volume of the law that's going to be the challenge, right? Okay, so I think that was the perfect intro for the upcoming series. But what can our listeners expect uh, on the upcoming weeks? Uh, what are the, the sections that we're going to dive into? Yeah, so over the next coming weeks, we will try to uh, discuss or review some of the more uh, prominent 
provisions or chapters in the law for example employment obviously that is a that is a big one or a prominent one from this draft law uh, as well as investment licensing process we're also very interested to find out uh, how that will play out um, so yeah I think in the next coming weeks uh, we'll try to pick some important provisions or chapters and discuss that in more detail and also just to add to that you know obviously there's been a lot of coverage uh, you know in the media of omnibus law and you know there's some uh, where you know we think that it's um, somewhat misrepresented in terms of what um, is mentioned by you know various parties and i think it's it's good to get our listeners to to hear what we you know actually see from from the draft uh, regulations and try to distill it in a format that is you know easy to digest uh, because obviously the omnibus laws impact is not you know, only for for investors for example but will affect you know, a lot of people, anyone who has a job basically uh, will be impacted by the omnibus law. Anyone owns a business or, you know, works for, for you know, a company, whether local or foreign, uh, will, you know, experience the impact from this. And even, you know, those who in our profession um, as well, uh, particular lawyers will also uh, need to really understand uh, this new law. All right. All right. Got it. So, we're going to keep it short, obviously, and we're going to focus first on the more prominent and important and relevant sections of the draft law. Okay, Ala Tamat, thank you so much for joining me in this introduction to the Omnibus Law series, and I hope everyone had a good time listening to our introduction, and we will definitely see you next week. Uh, where we will start the discussion with hopefully more guest speakers from the ANO Jakarta. So that's it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.